0: Life's so full on, I've been working on this deck for ages. These steaks don't cook themselves, you know. Life's good with a Trex deck. Composite decking made from 95% recycled materials that won't rot, stain, or fade. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. The driver's seat. Good start Steven Johnson, a really good one. Johnson leads the race. D20 pole sitter at Bathurst. The driver's seat. Oh, in that's massive! That's massive! Yes! 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 The driver's seat with Matt McKeldin and Stephen Johnson for Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. Excellent job. It is a
1: race week again, and we are still at North Queensland. Well, supercarsies at least, and we got all the wash-up from part one, which was the NTI Townsville 500. My name is Nim Azor, joined, as always, by Matt Mckeldon and Stephen Johnson. And before we get into our Ryko Filters feature interview, you can ask your mechanic for Filters to professional's choice and what a feature interview it is to. Would you call him the doyen of V8 supercars slash Australian touring car championship stats? 100%. That's Maddie's word,
2: doyen.
3: Doyen. 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 I think
2: he's absolutely...
3: The yeah, as as we alluded to through the week, Nimsy, I didn't want to bring it up straight away at the start of the show, but he's actually speaking into the right microphone tonight. So, <laughs> and Mate, thank I God tell you, for that. thank I you to everyone, on, socials. on <laughs> socials, absolutely. <Yeah. laughs> that was a rip-up, Nimsy. Oh, I Nimsie. got absolutely,
2: thank you for doing that, Nimsy, and pointing it out again to <laughs> Stivanyl, but I got absolutely smashed up on that. And rightly
1: so, too, but in complete contrast
2: to that, We've got the biggest pro when it comes to
1: supercars media. Please welcome our guest, Aaron Noonan.
4: Oh, stop it. Stop it. Stop it. And uh-huh. you extended the budget for that, fanfare? because seriously, I didn't get that last time. If you will earn it every time, I'm happy to pick up the phone. That's impressive. That's impressive.
2: <laughs> Mate, we only we bring the, studio, the live, studio, the live studio, audience. studio audience in only for the important people. Well, the
1: last time you we were on, we, were, we had COVID restrictions, so the audience can be here. That's right.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: That's right. It was a close <laughs> set Dance, driver's dude.
2: seat. <laughs> hey, uh, welcome Noonsie, because it's been a little while since we've um, we've had you on the show. It's I, I reckon this would be your first time up at bat for twenty twenty one. I would imagine. I think we I spoke think to that you last right. year. Yeah, yeah, it's our
4: yearly chin wag. Uh, you yeah, boys you do. doing an awesome job on the show in recent weeks and months. Um, yeah, I think it's last year. I think I was locked down this time yes. last year. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I think, I you, think you just put an asterisk next to that, no matter what state you live in at the moment, because it's been <laughs> yeah, five well. seconds. You, just, you don't know, do you? Let's talk about car racing. Let's not talk about COVID, huh?
2: <laughs> That's right. So what have you been up to, mate? Because well, you've... you've um You've been you've been writing, scribing, researching, doing a whole bunch of stuff uh, in the background for your DJR books. They sold out. Your HRT books they sold out, and the the new baby, the new one in the parking lot, is the Perkins Engineering book. Give us the uh, give us the, the lowdown on that.
4: Yeah, well, the, the the two magic words of book publishing sold out. It's the two words <laughs> that you want to hear all the time, do not you? Uh, the the only other word you want to hear after that is a reprint. But a lot of the books we're dealing in, we've got massive. Um, love from motorsport fans. We've got a massive love for the sport, as you all know, and a lot of your listeners know. So uh, we've put together a lot of books with the histories of the cars from the teams. So Holden Racing Team, Dick Johnson Racing, they were huge. Limited edition, we only print a certain number. Uh, In the case of the Perkins Engineering book, we're printing 2,500. Sounds like a lot, but it's actually, it's probably a bit like a model car run, really. Uh, Larry Perkins has signed uh, all the inside sheets for all of these books. They'll be printed in when we go to print in uh, the next month or so. Uh, he did two days of signing a couple of weeks ago uh, and I think that's the most uh, autographs he's done in a 24-hour period. We wheeled him in one day. He went as far as he could go before he ran out 25 texters. We wheeled him in the next day and and he just worked his way through it like an absolute jet. And, and, and Larry has not changed a bit. He's still got the same viewpoints. He's still got the same things that matter to him. Uh, it's been awesome to work with him and particularly Jack. His son Jack Perkins on this book is Jack's kept the beating heart of Perkins Engineering alive, even though it's not a, a racing team anymore, but through the, the restoration of a, a bunch of their cars and helping out owners of some of their old cars. So we've got every car covered. There's about 50 cars, hardcover book, 400 pages. Um, more than half of them are allocated already uh, to pre-order customers. Just goes to show the passion that people have for these books and they're, they're a real collectible. And you don't see too many of them pop up on eBay and stuff like that in the aftermath. So, I think that's a it's a great um, uh, endorsement, and I think it's just cool when we can do projects that the fans out there really enjoy, cherish, savour, and want to hang on to. It's it's pretty cool, and being able to sit there and and research this and work with Larry and I mean, I grew up. The first race I ever went to was the 1986 Sandown 500. I got Dick Johnson's autograph, and it was Perkins Engineering's very first.
3: <laughs> uh, during car
4: race, they, they debut that. So I've, I've sort of ticked all the boxes with all these legends. So I never thought I'd be dealing with, working with, making books with. It's uh, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool.
3: Speaking of legends, though, mate. Um, everyone in the the whole of motorsport is so pumped and is pumped for the announcement that you've made that uh, that you're going to be with uh, well, with Neil Crompton writing a book with mm. the help of you. Um, you know, obviously Neil's been he's had a challenging few months with his health uh, etc and we we really can't wait to see him back behind the mic but with that thing uh moving forward and, and obviously working with Neil with that what's the timeline for that you know a September release somewhere around there or are we am I off the mark
4: no 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 you, amazingly for once you're on the mark you're very <laughs> you are on the mark this is this is an impressive impressive work from you your diligent <laughs> research is that's top it. notch here. You are right well, on the money. Uh, I figured you were going you
3: were, you were releasing it in September because that's when my birthday is. So that's 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 what my philosophy was anyway.
4: Well, that's right, Stephen. I've spent 10 years trying to get Neil to write a book purely for your birthday in 2020. <laughs> we're going to make it happen. We're making it happen. But in all reality, I, this is all seriousness. I have hammered him for 10 years about writing a book. We've worked together in television a lot over the years. Uh, I consider him to be one of my very good friends in the industry, but a mentor. He has been to so many people, both in television and race driving. And I know, Steve, you've had a long association with him too. But, you know, you talk to him about various stories, whether we were in an airport, a commentary box, a hire car, uh, doing other things. And I used to say, that's a great story for a book. That's a great story for the book. And he kept flat batting me away. No, nah, not doing it. No, nah, I won't do a book. No one cares. Not going to do it. It <laughs> took me 10 years, twisted his arm about 43 times around, but we got there eventually. And, and as you said, yeah, obviously the the news for Neil and his health popped up while we are in the middle of putting together the book. So we're just at the point of finishing it now. Um, it's being published with the great people at Collins, who are doing an awesome job. It's out late September, so just in the lead-up to Bathurst. Um, it's a paperback, So, but don't worry, Steve, there's plenty of photos in there. You'll be sweet. No drama. Oh, <laughs> plenty to keep you entertained. Plenty to keep <laughs> entertained. you entertained. But, but he, he reveals a pile of stuff that I didn't know, and I reckon there's a pile of stuff that you guys and your listeners won't know as well. He's, he's been there and seen it all, from the kid in Ballarat that dreamed of, of getting the race at Bathurst to I think he leant over the fence in 1977 at Bathurst and ten or eleven years later, he was driving for Peter Brock, his childhood idol. You just don't you know it's a script that great if story. you wrote it, they'd have said nah, can't happen, won't happen, doesn't happen well it happened and the the places he's been, the stuff he's done has been really great and obviously the the scenario this year with with his health with prostate cancer uh, popping up right in the middle of all of this i mean the the way he's trucked on through this has been amazing it's been a real thrill to to work with him on it. It's a big project writing a book of any type, but Um, particularly when you've got a hurdle like that in the middle of it, that also makes it a a bit more of a challenge. But I think what uh, he's put together and I've been able to help him with it uh, is something that people are going to really enjoy for for later in the year. And the great thing is there's no existing Neil Crompton book out there. It's not, oh, here comes another one. This is it. Mm -hmm. This is,
0: um,
4: uh, I don't know if I'll ever get to twist his arm again to do another one. Maybe we can down the track, but uh, there's a lot of great insights in it from both the broadcasting angle, from the race driving point of view, because, It's nearly 20 years since he retired from full-time racing. So there's almost a new generation of supercar fans and followers and viewers who didn't see him race or don't know him as a driver when, you know, he he raced with some of the best, some of the biggest. You know, he drove with Brock's team. He he was a foundation member of the Holden Racing team. He was at Wayne Gardner's team for a while, Glenn Seaton's team. You know, he he raced with plenty of big names and and held his own with a lot of them. So um, it's a pretty cool story. There's some funny stuff. There's some poignant stuff. There's stuff you don't know childhood youngster but you'll you'll get the vibe through the whole thing that the guy is meticulous in everything he does he's planned he's plotted um is the hardest working person i've ever met Uh, sometimes to his own detriment he should Mm. slow down a little bit uh i think you're going to get a good read and a good take on neil crompton from from this book and those who feel like they they know him through the broadcasts and they know him from following motor racing for for so many years We'll get an even deeper appreciation and, and understanding of him in this new book. It's, uh, it's. Uh, I'm really, I'm really pleased with it. But I'm really pleased that he's been able to, to sit down and work his way through it and, and produce it. I think it's a good one.
2: Yeah, it's going to be very cool, mate. I wanted to turn the attention to the V8 Sleuth podcast. It's when I drive anywhere of uh, any distance, it's one of the few podcasts I actually listen to. Um, I want to focus a little bit on two of the more recent episodes that you did or two of the most recent guests you did, Adrian Burgess and Barry Ryan. Barry obviously being quite a controversial figure within our sport. And Adrian Burgess, a bit of an enigma. I don't think people realised, you know, the armchair experts didn't quite realise his history where he's been. i got to tell you, Noonsie, those two podcasts with those two guests, that was some of the, the best motorsport podcast listening I've I've been able to do for probably... 12 months, I reckon. I reckon they were spot on, mate. I wanted to congratulate you on that publicly because if you haven't listened to it, folks, go and listen to the V8 Sleuth podcast, both Adrian Burgess and Barry Ryan, because they are mega, mega podcasts.
4: No, thanks, mate. I appreciate it. We like to talk to, you know, they're all the, the, the top ticket names, the big name drivers that you probably hear on other podcasts and they've done the sit down chats and I've done a few of them along the way. But I, I, like, I like doing the motor racing people. I mean, everyone's a motor racing person, but I like doing the ones that maybe only the motorsport followers know. The general sports listener might not quite um, know enough. But if they're a good story, y- you'll understand and appreciate more. So Adrian Burgess's story, he's not just the head of motorsport at Supercars. You know, Stephen worked with him for, for quite some time during his time at, at Dick Johnson Racing. But, I mean, this was a guy who worked with Mika Hacken and Ayrton Senna, glory years of McLaren in Formula One, uh, just some of the stories are great fun. I won't give them away. You have got to have a listen to the podcast, but it's um, it's, it's really cool. And Barry Ryan, as we know, outspoken chief of Erebus Motorsport, his first part of his podcast issue is our biggest day of the year when that one dropped. So clearly, a lot of people, uh, whether they like him or loathe him or somewhere in between, uh, will tune in and, and listen. And he, he's all. He's and the other thing with Barry is he's been around and done a lot more than just Erebus. So I think it was important to be able to paint some of that. Back picture story as to why he is, how he is, and um, he's one of those cats that, uh, yeah, you're either yes or no. I don't think there's any shades of grey no. in people no. with their with their no, thought no. process on Barry, and I think he's the same about everything else. To be honest too, so you know where he's <laughs> Yeah, no, definitely. I appreciate the kind words on the podcast. That was something we've uh, thoroughly enjoyed. We've got a great team uh, at our place. It's not just me. Uh, you, I'm the voice that you hear, but we've got a, a great team of guys who work behind the scenes and put all this stuff together. I mean, everyone needs an ins, don't they? Like, really. You know, the, the backbone of the team, the the first ticked every week that is on Nimzy. the board with the magnet before anybody yep. else gets up there. So, in that's, our case, that's... it's Will Dale, ripping rider, ripping uh, podcast duty. He, he needs a bit of love and he, he needs uh, to be acknowledged too because um, He's he's a guru. Without him I'm nowhere.
2: And in in our case, mate, a hundred percent agree. And in our case it's NIMSY. We just yeah. we just walk in and hear the voices. He's the one on the pots and pans and doing all the hard
3: work and doing all the research. So Hey, uh I know we've been doing a lot of talking here, just about podcasts and this and that, and who's a legend and who's not, and we obviously haven't spoken about Matty, which is for a reason. But um, <laughs> oh, gee, uh, there's a drive-by. Wow, Mike, how's uh, the drive-by uh, on that, <laughs> game? I actually, because Noons is more than just a, you know a, a history person a of motorsport. You know, uh-huh. he knows about the current side of things too. Now, I, I just want to get your, I just want to get your opinion, mate, on on the year to date. I mean. SVG's been an amazing form, you know. And then I want to roll that into a bit of what your thoughts are on the Gen 3 and how they're proposing to roll that out and all that sort of thing because I'm really interested to hear what your thoughts are um, on, on both subjects.
4: Yeah, but it's probably two part of it, Stevie. I think the first mm-hmm. part of it is the season so far. You're right. 2021 is, is Shane Van Gisbergen. There's no other way. I mean, he's the bionic man. He busts a collarbone. He goes and wins from 17th on the grid at Sandown. He's won 10 races of the first 16. I can't help but feel where would we be at if Roger Penske was still in the Supercars Championship because would DJR be needing to kind of get up and going again? Would they have kept the momentum rolling? Ifs, buts and maybes, we can't worry about it. We've got to deal with what we've got. So Van in that. I think he's hit the sweet spot of here. Every gun driver, you can identify a period of, two or three years of their career where they are at their peak. Mark Scaife in the early two thousands, Ambrose in the middle two thousands, um, Craig Lowndes in the mid to late nineties, Brock in the eighties, Dickie J in the late eighties with the Sierras. Everyone has that moment where their their mountain is at they're at the peak. And Veg Gisbergen's at that at the moment. He's in the, the best team, the best car, and he's doing the job. He's smoking Jamie Wincup for crying out loud. Yeah, and Jamie Wink is no hack. He's no he is not the the Giz Bergen's reminding me so much of Win Cup in his early championship winning years, that sort of 2011, 12, 13 period where he won more than he didn't win. He won more than everybody else. And it was the well, he was that doing he the
3: same. he was doing the same to Craig Lowndes as what SVG is doing to Correct.
4: him. Correct. You beat me to it, Steve. Mm. Exactly the same um, thought process that I had. It, yeah. Just the roles are reversed now. Win Cup has been there and done it and won it and won it a lot. Uh, the hunger is there to a point, but not to the point it was when you're trying to prove yourself. When you don't have a slice of the race team to worry about and own. When you don't have other considerations in your life or the business and other stuff. When you're young and single and focused, and that's all you're doing is car racing. That's what Shane Van Gisbergen's all about. So we're seeing proof of that now. Uh, on, on their day, some of the other teams can land a blow, but nowhere near the consistency level. So. It's his championship to lose. He's nearly a full round in front at the halfway mark, which is a massive, massive swing. It's not over. And that's not me trying to be Mr. Positive pants. But the reality is there's still too many points on the table to go getting your trophy at your out and getting a job done nice and early for, for him this year. It's it's not quite that simple and it's not quite that easy. But um, I think the, the other parts of your question, Gen 3, lots said, lots written, uh Right call in delaying it. They were never going to be ready for the start of next year. It just wasn't going to happen, even with everyone's best of intent. I'm not weirded out by the concept of changing car um, generations in the middle of a championship season. I actually, if it's best to get it going, and it can be going before uh, the end of next year, August is kind of the tabbed period. I'd be cool with that. But I've got a weird feeling they're relying so much on the supply of materials from overseas I could see them still using the same generation of car all the way till the end of next year to make sure yeah. that Gen 3 is bang on for the following season and we get it out of the blocks and off and racing well the following year. But, I mean, it's going to be a bit of a suck it and see thing. But, uh, again, we're coming to the end of a development phase of a, a platform of car of sort of about 10 years, car of the future, it's evolved to the, the current cars. By this stage of all of these periods, the top teams and the big guns are the ones who do all the winning. We saw it in the last year at the end of 2012 when Triple Eight and FPR won every race that season. Uh, they figure out the cars. They've got all the nuances down right. They've got their process in place. When we mix it up again and get the new cars in, it will rejumble it. The cream still rises, but it has to rise a different way up through the bowl to get to the top. So I'm looking forward to it, but I think we've still got a fair way to go with, with the cars that we've, we've got to play with at the moment. But... A lot of water going to the bridge, and as you all know, the way of the world at the moment, who knows, things change in an instance. So uh, can't wait to see some of those cars, those prototype cars hit the track, to hear what they sound like, to see what they look like on the road with their, their physical presence, a bit more like a road car. Uh, looking forward to it. It's a new era. We'll, we'll wait and see what we get.
1: Before we get to Gen 3, let's not forget the history that you can find of Car of the Future and previous other generations of the car. I mean, you could pick up the a copy of uh, Racing the Lion, the history of Holden in motorsport. Uh, before we finally farewell, Holden, make sure you pick up the complete history available now at the V8 Sleuth bookshop, along with the Adelaide 500 book as well. If I missed anything there, Nunes.
2: Oh, the Bathurst 12-hour book. you got hour, them mate. all in, huh? You've got to get the oh, Bathurst 12-hour yeah. book. I got that for Christmas. Highlighted <laughs> I my. I think my name was in it in once or twice. Highlighted I think,
4: that. I think you're all in the 12-hour book except for Nim. So we need to get him an entry for next year. We do, too.
1: Can you put a Nissan Pintara in the 12-hour uh, book? <laughs> <laughs> you
4: put a wing on the back, mate, and you're in. No problem.
1: <laughs> hey, but, dudes, <laughs> we always love getting you on board, mate. And uh, just quickly, before we let you go, too, a couple of years ago, we uh, well, you announced the V8 sleuth touring car classic now obviously a lot of a lot has happened to you know knock those plans off the rails but i happen to see that uh, kumo has thrown its support behind a new v8 classic series any chance that we might be able to bring back the uh idea of the touring car classic
4: oh too much on the plate at the moment mate. Oh, i think that what you point to is right kumo have got a whole pile of tires lying around because the super 3 category which was v8 touring cars is now racing the super 2 they've got a use the Dunlop to be on that platform with supercars. So kuma have got a bunch of tyres. There's a bunch of old supercars lying around. So they're going to merge the two things together and hopefully get a, a bit of a field out there for a few few races this year. But never say never. A V8 Sleuth Classic of some description down the track would be great to put together. But given the way of the world with COVID and border restrictions and budgets and all that sort of stuff, it's probably something that we'll, we'll put on hold, make some more books and reevaluate in the future. But you know what I want to do? I want to see Stevie J... In one of the old DJRAU Falcons or something similar, first entry. I'll put the event on if he locks himself into coming up a steer.
3: Yeah, I'll come and have a steer. That'd be good fun. Oh, yeah, mint. That'd be good fun. I would probably have to fight my son to get in it too. That's the <laughs> yeah, thing At the moment, yeah, good but, point. But, yeah, <laughs> but um, oh, I'd love to. That'd be cool. You know, back to a back to back to great. Well, what I call grassroots. Back to a normal H pattern gearbox and and.
2: And an understeering
3: pig. And an understeering awesome. pig. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. When you go off the road, it looks like a bulldozer. <laughs> yeah. Looks like a Kubota of the glory of the glory days. Yeah. <laughs> uh, dudes, we appreciate
1: it. Jumping on board and being our Ryco Filters feature. If you remember to ask a mechanic for Ryco Filters, the professional's choice. Uh, we'll keep an eye on the V8 Sleuth bookshop and see what you got coming in. But uh, thanks for being on the
0: driver's seat.
4: Thanks for having me. Appreciate it, guys.
1: This is the driver's seat for Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia.
0: This is the driver's seat with Matt McAlden and Stephen Johnson. Thanks to Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia.
1: It is the driver's seat. We do it thanks to Kubota. Right now, it is time for this.
0: Now, on the driver's seat, another Bendix Brakes big moment. Put your foot down with confidence. Bendix Brakes. And
1: uh, let's have a quick, we talk about Townsville, let's talk about the NTI Townsville 500 wrap-up. because It was, it was really a tale of uh, two drivers, wasn't it? And were well, the rest of the field there? Anton was there. It's good to see Anton yeah, there.
3: Yeah, we were sort of there. He was 30 seconds away
1: there. Have you ever seen a gap that big between one team and the rest of the field in your yeah, life? Yeah,
3: in Formula One the last few years. <laughs> <laughs> I <was gonna> say. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I'd get that in before <laughs> Maddie. <Matty. laughs> Uh, not in supercars. No, it's, um, you know, no one else, well, well, the other teams really didn't need to turn up and, uh, and let it, it was a two horse race, hundred percent. Well, at least one team
1: had to turn up because you had to fill out last spot in the podium. Yeah, true.
3: <laughs> I mean, I, I don't
2: know. I, you know how I feel about these sorts of things when we have racing like this. And even when Scotty was, was dominating in, in, when he was in the championship, we didn't see gaps like that. And, I mean, uh, you, you can't criticise SVG. You can't criticise Triple Eight. They have done a mega, mega, mega job. They are just doing things better than everybody else at the moment. Um, and the whole team is the – the rest of the field has just got to lift their game somehow because they're well-funded and they've got great drivers. And to only have one car even look like – Having half an effect on those two cars in Anton De Pasquale um, was a travesty. I mean, I sat on the couch; it was a dead set Snorfest. And uh, uh, the most exciting thing for mine were the jumpy trucks when they rolled again. Oh, and by the way, there was. <laughs> there was, there was <laughs> I think I can say with um, with confidence, a, a confidence, and energy, and and any other word that you can think of, something that's definitely not going to happen. Um, thank you for rolling that that uh stadium super truck once again. I am now officially not allowed to drive one. Oh <laughs> Mrs. Mac sent me uh the clip and a text message when I was at work and said, no bloody way. So <laughs> thanks for that, you boys. And what I loved about the jumpy truck rolling is that when we did we did super utes and we like rolled two or three of them, well, wow, wasn't there a meltdown in Motorsport Fanland? Like they went crazy. These things are dangerous and you shouldn't do. Mate, with how many rollovers have we had in stadium? True, super trucks this year and everyone goes,
4: wah! We
2: love him. We've actually, I think we've actually got some footage
1: of uh, what happened in uh, in the old Super Utes.
0: This was contact between Walsh
4: and Matt McKeldon.
0: Both Utes lucky to stay off the wall in that incident at the exit of Turn Seven. And that yes.
2: was Matt going around. Oh, my teammate turned me round. <laughs> well, and uh, and uh, he is my teammate, and uh, he was my he was my teammate.
1: The story of uh, SVG completely dominating once again. He's basically got the championship. I mean. It would take nothing short of a miracle for the other teams to get yep. their get their hands on that trophy
2: and fill it with nuggets. But uh, as yeah, a- he, I tell you what, he's got to do, Nimsy. He's got to once he gets one round clear, and he's very close to that. I think he's about forty odd points, Stevie J, from being a mm. round clear. Oh, once mate, he gets to that. I was on
3: the hot left.
2: <laughs> on a huge hot lap once he gets 40 once he gets to that 300 points clear which is one round fun enough, that it's was all SVG, over. you know that that <laughs> was SVG, wasn't yeah. it yeah yeah uh, it is all it will be all over and um you know we still we've essentially still got half the season to go so uh, it's one of the most it's one of the the most dominating um seasons we've ever seen by by a single driver and
1: uh, one other story there was uh, a couple of highlights which I want to bring up: Brad Jones Racing found a bit of form. They were up the front. Uh, it's a shame that there were two balls in front of them at the time. But uh, what did you think of Nick Perkout's pit stop uh, on Sunday? Awful. The steering wheel one. No, the one where they nah. where he pulled
2: up and no one there was, was there no for him. Oh, it. There. No, that's right. The the Dan Ricardo one from a couple of years ago, from Monaco. Monaco. Oh, it was a shocker. And I, I you know, we we really threw the. We really threw the the history of our show and the drivers who have a, typically have a good run after being on our show. We kind of threw it to the weeds on that one, even though he came fourth on the weekend, uh, I think in the second race. Well, that was a guaranteed podium. That was a shocker. That was an absolute shocker. And I can tell, I cannot, I mean, I know Nick personally quite well. I cannot imagine what the conversations would have been like. We've seen him blow up deluxe in the pits after their their issue at Tail and Bend with the tyre pressures. But for that to happen, just a Barry Crocker. And that's what frustrates me about BJR, Steve, is that they have good drivers and they can screw a good buggy together and have a good result. And and what makes it so perplexing and frustrating is they're like the fastest pit stop crew in the land. They win it every year. They always get the perfect but pit stop uh, challenge. They do, but they got it wrong that day. They got it wrong in Tail and Bend with... Their tyre pressures. They are making fundamental mistakes. Yeah. Which I just, uh, you know, the top teams. And again, this is the difference between BJR and Red Bull. You do not see Red Bull making those kind of mistakes. Could you imagine facing un- Rich Uncle Roland Dane after doing that? Can you imagine if SVG or Jamie Wincup in came in and everyone was sitting in the back of the truck having ice cream? Could
3: you imagine? Oh. Well, what I don't understand is how that stuff can happen with the the amount of fail safes that you would think that is in place. You know, you obviously have got radios and they, you know, nine times out of 10, they work, but there's also, um, pit confirm buttons within the car that comes up on the driver's
2: dash. So not to interrupt, but, but let's, let's play the scenario. You're coming through the back section of the Townsville street track. You've raced there. You backed into James Courtney there. Um, What's What would happen? What would come over the radio and how would you do the last quarter of that lap to make sure that your guys are in pit lane on the guns ready to
3: roll? Well, if it was unscheduled, if they hadn't called me in, mm-hmm. I would I would just be constantly calling, you know, pit, 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 pit. And would and, you, and, would and you and wait si- for a confirm or would you um, just sit on the button going pit, pit, well, pit, 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 pit? Well, it depends on, you know, if, if I've got an issue that needs to be fixed or I, my tyres are done and I... I really need to come in, um, you know, I'll ask them first generally and and, because they're the ones doing the strategy. So very hard to do strategy when you're within the car, not Mm -hmm. knowing where everybody is or who's pitted and that sort of thing. But, yeah, you you would always generally wait for a pit confirm either way, okay? And even if you did come in unscheduledly, you would be on the radio flat out saying – I'm in pit lane. I'm in pit lane, guys. Can you hear me? Wait for for a second. I'm in pit lane. I'm pitting. I'm pitting. I'm pitting. Um, expecting that you're going to even if they don't see what happened, or if they don't hear you before you come off the track. Yeah. At least you'll see them. There's still plenty of time from the pit entry, the 40k line, to their pit mm. for the whole team to come out with with their tyres. Yeah, it would have hurt with Team Sydney because yeah. they're
2: straight. They're straight there, but. But DJR, is uh, about BJR. middle of the middle of the pit lane. Yeah, and, but that's
3: still still Nick plenty of time. Nick had yeah. enough
2: time to park the car while they were getting the rattle guns out. Yeah, it's no. <laughs> that's good. that's literally that's step on your. That's own, literally you know
3: sitting in your pit bunker, looking at the TV, going, "Oh, you know, the, t- the camera might have been on <laughs> SVG or whatever, but then it would have come to, oh, there's Nick, and then he just pulls up, and you turn around, and you go, oh. Oh, me Sundays arrived. That's pretty much.
1: <laughs> what was actually I mean, was actually pretty cool there. They had the uh, the little helmet cam on one of the. Uh, I think it was the the front right guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I've never seen <laughs> I've never seen more jerky footage since the Blair Witch Project. That's. How that was.
2: I mean, I got to tell you, if that happened, if I was in the car, if you were in the car, that's almost Nimsy. One of those instances where it is generally understood throughout the team that the driver is going to be absolutely on fire. And so as a driver, I would probably just get out of the car. I wouldn't blow up. I'd just get out of the car, take my helmet off and walk back into the garage, walk back into the into the truck. Because if you blew up, that would actually, people would be okay with that. But when you go quietly and you go out the back and you don't recognise anyone and you don't fist bump anyone and you don't pat anyone on the back... Then, you know, your driver's on fire and, uh-oh, we made a real blue there. Mm. You wouldn't have so, done the, the five minutes and then slammed the door to the border oh, body. Oh, that's exactly right. <laughs> I would have pulled the Murphy. So, I mean, that's the, that. but that's the kind of thing, Nimsy, that I think a couple of episodes ago, you asked me whether we could ever see BJR winning a championship. When you
3: see that kind of stuff, that's the reason I said no. Hey, Nimsy, just quickly before we go, I know we got to go. We're sort of moving on to sec two, but um, how cool was it to see Will Brown Oh, come yeah. from Super nowhere good. Yeah. on Saturday good. to top ten shootout P five on Sunday racing and passing Cam Waters at the end of the race for P five. Very cool, wasn't that? It uh, was a that's a that's a good news story.
1: He is just an absolute superstar. that kid, and he always does it with a smile as well. Absolutely, he, is, he looked redder than a Japanese flag when he got out of that car. Oh, though, yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> he is. He should be sponsored by Edgel, shouldn't he? Edgel beetroot. <laughs> That, no, I'll, joke. I'll Tell you what, though, that
1: Pedder's car looked really good, didn't it? Yeah, it did. hot. Look really good. It was
3: very. It was actually, I think, originally designed on the E series. E series, yes, yeah, correct. Yeah, and then and then and our mate, Scotty Yawson. Scotty Yawson from SS Media, yeah, put it together.
1: Very cool. Mm. Did, a, did a really good job there. But that was our Bendix Breaks big moment. Put your foot down with confidence, Bendix Breaks. You are listening to the driver's seat. Back with our race rewind next.
0: This is The Driver's Seat with Matt McKeldin and Stephen Johnson. Thanks to Kubota, together we are shaping and building Australia. Welcome back to The Driver's Seat.
1: We do it thanks to Kubota. Together we are shaping and building Australia. Right now, it's time for our Race Rewind.
0: This is The Driver's Seat Race Rewind. We
1: do it thanks to Gates Australia. Don't compromise. Choose Gates Premium belts, hose and hydraulics. I want to look ahead to um, the next round is, of course, meant to be... uh, Well, after Townsville, we're meant to be going to Sydney for the Sydney Super Night at SMP. Mm -hmm. Now, it is just over a month away and a lot can happen in a month. But uh, I wanted to look back at the first super night that they had. It was the first night race in was it something like twenty five years or something back in twenty eighteen? Yeah, it was
3: ridiculous. It was actually the last night race was I think it was Calder. Calder, correct. It? Yeah, it was the first one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What we call the first one. Yeah. I think maybe Wayne Gardner might have even won that one yes, or he gone. Did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. One of the races. Yep. Yeah. So it was and very much good
2: lots of footage of Scafe rolling around in his Gibson Commodore with Coopers and Lyre brand on the door and was it? Yep wasn't the
3: Sega car. No, it's
1: yeah, brand. Uh, so, now, the 2018 Red Rooster Sydney Super 9, first off, it was for 300 points, remember? It was just one big race. Mm. Scotty Mack led for a fair bit, but then it was just Shane Van Gisbergen swooping to victory, as he seems to do uh, in the first championship night race in 21 years. You were there, weren't you, Steve, for that first night, race Because you were doing your DSO stuff with the yep. Carrera Cup. Now, that was... It was a bit of a like a party atmosphere there, wasn't it? Because yep. I remember you said it, we had GT on the show a couple of weeks later, and he said he'd never seen Eastern Creek that full uh, in a very long time.
3: No, you're right. It was it was something that I, I think not only supercars, but all of us, all of the, the, the supercars teams and personnel were really wondering what that change from the day to the night was going to do. Mm-hmm. Is it going to help get more people out to the track? Is it going to help to get more kids out there that, you know, maybe don't want to give up a whole day on a weekend to be able to come up out on a Saturday night, yeah. and have a look at some cool racing, and then, um, you know, still got your Sunday to do what you want to do yeah, and, and drifting and, and drifting. It was also a bit it was of a concert. It was good. It was huge, and it was it was really good to see because, uh, any racing within that sort of Western Sydney region has been very poor in, in attendance especially supercars um you get a bit bit of a different crowd i think when you go to um you know when i do the um the, the one lap shootout mm-hmm. what's it called matty at the end of the end of the year um the time attack oh yes yep. uh but that's different you know you've got you got it's, they, it's a totally different crowd cat backwards brigade yeah pretty much yeah <laughs> <that's>, it's <laughs> very much but, it, lo-
1: it looks like a, uh <laughs> from the stuff i've seen it looks like a the extra scenes on the dvd of the fast and furious movie uh, absolutely yeah <laughs>
3: That's yeah exactly what it, it is. is exactly but it was so good to see um, the fans and the families and, and the uh, the carnival style atmosphere come back mm. to sydney do you know what i loved
2: when was it one of the red bulls one i think i think uh, oh uh, svg one svg one when svg came down the out of the final corner and they had the pyrotechnics following yes. down the straight. Yeah. That as vision, that was sensational. Mm. I and thought that, was, that looked I, I, brilliant. And
1: that was a Red Bull one, too.
2: It was a Red ball yeah. one, too. So, you know, they were on a good roll back then, too. So, I, look, I, I thought the Super Sprint was great. Um, the teams really got involved in it with putting neons underneath them, I think, if you remember. That's right. They had reflective liveries as well, too. Yeah, that's it exactly
1: right, all that so kind good. of
3: stuff. And um,
2: and
1: Gary Rogers had a disco ball. In the, that's exactly right.
3: <laughs> yeah, the in guys, the pit lane, he had to pull it, they, had, they got told to pull it down. It down.
2: <laughs> so, yeah, it was, a lot of, it was a lot of fun, and obviously it was the precursor to the Super Night in Perth, um, and they did their best in quite – didn't quite nail it, I think, as much as SMP did. But I think it's something that we're learning to do. We're going to do it better um, as soon as the, the whole COVID thing allows us to do better. And I, I think it's something that we will actually see more and more and more of. And I think the best thing about it, Nimsy, it spurred on a big investment from the New South Wales government mm. in that local precinct to attract more people there. And that's got it, that was good for our sport. So you uh, all around it was a good thing.
1: You guys, uh, both earlier in the year, um, were under lights there for a little bit. You, you, I you yeah. had Quali there, didn't
2: you, Matty? And you yeah, did I had Quali, it. and it's um, uh, you just changed your normal visor off your helmet from a dark visor to a clear visor. And it's it's look, you're so busy in the car, Nimsy. It's dead set like daylight. Um, you don't even look outside at the darkness. You, you're constantly focused on what you should be doing. But it was really good, and and what it does is illustrate Stevie J our cars. At their best, glowing brake discs, flames on the downshifts, um, all that kind of stuff, which is what I think people love to be able to see. So uh, bring on more night racing, I say. I thought it was fantastic. 100% there. And let's hope, fingers crossed, that
1: Sydney can uh, sort out what's going on there because we'd love to see another night race. And uh, following that, it is the Perth Super Night in September. So uh A fair bit of night racing coming our way, but that was our race rewind. We do it thanks to Gates Australia. Protect your ride with complete system replacement with Gates belts and hoses. Visit gatesaustralia.com.au. We've got the driver's seat power rankings we need to update. We'll do that next. All thanks to Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia.
0: This is The Driver's Seat with Matt McAlden and Stephen Johnson. Thanks to Kubota, together we are shaping and building Australia.
1: Welcome back to The Driver's Seat. We do it thanks to Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. A special early edition of The Driver's Seat because of the...
4: Rugby League. Thank you very much, mate. <laughs> <Pete. laughs>
1: right now, it is time for The Driver's Seat Power Rankings.
0: This is the Driver's Seat Power Rankings.
1: Remember, you can rev up your smartphone with the Driver's Seat app. It's available in the App Store now. This is basically our version of the Dalli M slash Brownlow medal. We hand out our 3-2-1 votes over performances over the weekend. Let's have a look at the rankings as they stand heading into the NTI Townsville 500. Uh, SVG sits on top with 17 votes. Will Davison in P2 with 13 votes. On 6 votes in P3, we've got Chaz Mostert and Zane Goddard. 5 votes, Anton Di Pasquale Four votes, Brody Kostecki. On three votes, Tim Slade and Mark Winterbottom. One vote to Jamie Winkup, Andre Heimgardner and Thomas Randall. Who wants to go first, boys?
2: Uh, I'll go first. Right. I'll go first. Go Only first, because Stevie Matthew. J is currently scanning the results to try and get his I, I ones, did frantically so. <laughs> see him, as I'm saying it, pointing at you. Just, oh, we'll go <laughs> with Matthew. That was like back we'll in school, it. wasn't it? <laughs> no, he he hadn't done his homework, so he was
3: quickly scribbling something in the background. No, there. I actually want okay. to... I want to do something different. I've got an idea of what you probably should do. Yeah. But I don't want to just do the norm every time. Oh, yeah, he won it and he did this. You know what I mean? That's good.
2: Wait till you hear this one. So my 3 I'm going to start 3-2-1. Yep. uh, And I I, I don't think I can go past it. I have to go three points to SVG. I really do. He was dominant. He's having a dominant season. So why shouldn't he be dominating the, the power rankings, which, in fact, he is. So three to SVG. Uh, The only driver that worried the Bulls in any way, shape, or form and was consistent across the weekend was Anton Di Pasquale. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to give Anton two points. Mm -hmm. And are you sitting down, down there in Victoria, Nimsey? I am. Guess who I'm going to put on the board? Fabian Coulthard. No. (laughs) I was about to say, because he didn't even leave the garage, did (laughs) he? Oh, (laughs) Nimsey with a drive-by, too. I am going to push... The Brad Jones entry. SCT logistics sponsored driver, Jack Smith. Wow. I'm, putting, I'm giving. That's right. <laughs> I am giving Jack Smith one point. Welcome to the scoreboard, Jackson. Welcome, Jack. And I tell you why because if you look at his results across the weekend, he was consistent and he got 17th in race 15 and 17th in race 16. Now, behind him were names like Zane Goddard, Scott Pye, Dave Reynolds, Kostecki, the Jake variety. Uh, That was in race 16. In race 15, he had William Brown, Mm -hmm. Todd Hazelwood, Scotty Pye, all these guys behind him. So I think that was a great effort from Jack. We love giving Jack a bit of a smack and a drive-by here. Uh, if, you're regu- if you're a regular listener of the show, you'll know that. But you've got to criticise a kid, but when your kid does all right, you've got to give him a pat on the back. So yeah. I'm, going to give, I'm going to put Jack right on the board with Jamie Wincup, Andre Hairdryer, and Thomas Randall,
3: one point. So well done, Jack.
1: Mm. Well done, Jack. All right. What about you, Stevie?
3: You're 3-2-1. All right. Well, I'm going to go three points, SVG. You got it. You got, got, yeah, got it. you can't. Yeah, sure yeah. You know what do you say? We that we haven't already said. Yep. You know, time and time again this year. Extraordinary. Extraordinary. You know, unbelievable. Uh, and I am going to give ADP uh, Anton two because okay. you're right. You know, the DJR cars, and it's not just the DJR side of things. You know, last year they and the previous years they've struggled at Townsville. Mm. Townsville has not been a strength track for the outfit, whether it was DJR Team Penske or DJR. So uh, they were – the amount of times – and I I went past the DJR pit and the 888 pit quite often over the weekend going up and down to race control for the Toyota 86 uh, duties that I was doing. Yeah. And looking in both, um, you look in the – obviously the 888 side and very calm, very – you know, Methodical, under control, controlled, very surgical uh, almost, isn't it? Yeah, and you look in Great into word. the Shell V-Power pit, and it was action of plenty. There, I reckon I would have seen ten or fifteen sets of shocks come in and out of the back of at least Anton's car because that was it, that was closer for me to see when I was yeah. heading up the stairs. Yeah, every time there was the whole back end was out of that thing, changing this, changing that. Can't work out this. Haven't got grip. Haven't got this. Haven't got that. So they were working hard all weekend to try to get something going, and um, you know he didn't do a great job in in the shootout lap that he had on the on the Sunday, but he came back through strong and finished P three. So you know I think that that's that's worth a um, I guess it's a best of the rest two points. Yeah, an honourable mention. Um, yeah, and uh, and I'm going to give one point to Timmy Slade. I think he had a, a cracking. Um, I think you're right there, yeah. Like the the actual event, he qualified in the top 10 both days. He raced in the top 10 both days. He raced forward both days. Um, yeah, he, he sort of, I don't think that he had the, I think he used up all of his tyres to get into the shootout on the Sunday, so he didn't yep. really have any tyres left for the yep. shootout. That's why he wasn't great. But, um, you know, you know, he, he raced forward uh, to 6th on Sunday, uh, on Saturday, uh, two spots forward of where he qualified, and and he raced forward to eighth on uh, on Sunday. So, you know, I think he uh, he's definitely, and that's still the old car. You know, yeah, you yeah, remember yeah, the yeah, new, yeah, the, yeah. the newer car, the good mm, yeah. car, the one that he binned at still binned from Bathurst, and they're still trying to fix that. So, hey, do you know who had a shocker? Scott Pye, Chaz Mustard, Chaz Mozzie, yep, yes.
2: Chazie he had a ninth and a fourteenth. Yep, wow. Like, on balance for this year, that is an absolute Barry Crocker. Well, Especially coming out to Darwin, team, too, yeah. Yeah, totally. and when you
3: look at that team, that team has notoriously been fast at Townsville. Yes. Tanda won Street up circuits. there. Street
2: yep. Courtney was Courtney's fast one, up yeah. there. Yep. So I don't know what they did that weekend, but they were they were shockers. Honourable mention to Nick Perkato. He was yep. fourth yep. In, uh, in race 15. And then in race 16, had the old drift steering wheel put on the car uh, and did the whole race without... Um, Without uh, power steering, that's a good arm workout. Well, and have you seen his arms? (laughs) Like, yeah, yeah, just twigs. Yeah, no muscle. Chicken so, legs. Chicken legs. And chicken arms. Chicken arms. Dinosaur arms. arms, if you will. T Rex arms. T rex <laughs> arms. <laughs> <laughs> and he wheeled that thing around. So well played to you, Nick Perkat.
1: Yeah, well done there, Nick. But uh, uh, remember, you can get the all new driver's seat app. It's got podcasts, interviews, news, and videos. It's a must for all motorsport fans. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We'll be back with a live show next Wednesday night that you can be a part of. Get the driver's seat app and tune in live. But I'm going to be impartial and say, go blues. And go Maroons in origin. Uh, fingers crossed it is Queensland, though.
2: But uh, that about wraps up <laughs> this week's Ruffin edition. My leg. <laughs> wow. And it's been a shocker for Queensland, let me say. Hey, and before we go, Nimsy, mm-hmm. all love, prayers, strength to everybody in Sydney. Yes. I you know you're going through a really tough time. Keep your chin up. We'll see you very soon, no doubt.